Good afternoon and welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. Coming up this afternoon, we'll have details on this morning's USDA October WASDE reports. Also, we'll be joined by Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. And up first in today's country, comment Cassandra Kochik with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers will join us on today's country comments. The latest farm news and market numbers all coming up over the next 60 minutes. The time now is 12 o'clock. Here's a look at our local news. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Manitoba Farm Journal. Joining us on the program today is Cassandra Kochik, production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. Yeah, so this year has been an unusually warm harvest season. We're also seeing a lot of regrowth of crops that have already been harvested. We've actually got situations where there's bolting and flowering canola. So in these situations, it's good to be aware that these actively growing crops, including actively growing weeds that are out there, they are using soil moisture. And we haven't had a lot of rains to help replenish us. We had a lot of drought conditions this year, uh, some areas worse than others. So I think for farmers to be aware that those plants are using that soil moisture, uh, it might be a good idea to actually desiccate and get rid of those actively growing plants to help conserve some soil moisture heading into the winter. You know, as you mentioned, are farmers spraying rather than um, going to tillage here this fall? I would say more are spraying than tilling, at least I hope in a lot of cases. As we know, uh, less tillage operations will mean better moisture conservation in the soil. So less intensive tillage and fewer passes, uh, keeping that residue intact will help conserve that moisture. Cassandra, I've been hearing reports of um, high nitrate levels this season. Talk a bit about that and what that will mean for uh, planning for next year. Yeah, so the high nitrate levels can pose an issue for your end fixing crops. Ideally, you want to see less than 50 pounds per acre of residual nitrate for pulses and soybeans. So we recommend putting the high end use crops like wheat, canola, or corn on the fields with the greatest levels. Uh, when you're considering the end fixing crops on higher nitrate fields, um, take note of whether they have been grown there recently and if they have nodulated well. And heading into next year, when you're putting these end fixing crops on those fields, also use inoculant. And also the volunteer or regrowing crops and any cover crops that might be out there, they will help reduce the levels in some cases by up to 50 pounds per acre, but know that they're also using valuable moisture, as I mentioned. And we also recommend to retest the soil in the spring because over the winter and spring, you may have had some leaching and denitrification that helped bring down those levels. And another caution I want farmers to be aware of is the risk of herbicide carryover and IDC in soybeans for next year. That was Cassandra Kochik, a production specialist with Manitoba Pulse and Soybean Growers. A look at what's happening in the markets this afternoon is coming up. Good afternoon, I'm Corey Canute. Walmart Canada will purchase the largest known quantity of beef from certified sustainable Canadian farms and ranches ever sourced by a single retailer. 1.5 million pounds of beef sourced from Canadian Roundtable for sustainable beef certified farms and ranches will be purchased by Walmart over the next calendar year. Walmart Canada sources 100% of its fresh beef in Canada. The province is investing approximately $1.9 million through the Industry Expansion Program to support skills training for approximately 350 new and existing employees at Maple Leaf Foods. Here's Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. It's a combination of training dollars and investments into machinery as well. So it's a, a bit of a combination between the two. As we know, part of our government as a whole approach, we launched the Skills, Knowledge and Talent Strategy as well. 
So we want to make sure we got good paying jobs for all Manitobans. So this is an opportunity to take advantage of that in partnership with the government of the whole approach. So we're really excited about not only creating those jobs, but also creating wealth uh, within the province by investing money in the protein sector to build it up. Maple Leaf Foods has announced that it has completed construction of a $182 million expansion to its Winnipeg prepared meats plant, significantly increasing its bacon production capacity with new in-house capacity for pre-cooked microwavable bacon. And Manitoba Hydro recently picked up the CAP Manitoba Farm Safety Award. Graham Schellenberg is Communications and Government Relations Manager for Keystone Agricultural Producers. You know, in the past few years, CAP and Manitoba Hydro have been strong allies on farm safety here in Manitoba. And really the the impetus for awarding Manitoba Hydro this award is their relationships and, and their collaboration with CAP to reduce the number of contacts between farm equipment and electrical infrastructure. It's a, a real concern when you look at farm safety here in Manitoba, uh, the potential for damage to equipment and, and to infrastructure that is ever so essential. Um, and, and so that's been a big thing. CAP's Manitoba Farm Safety Award was announced during the recent Safety's Virtual Gala. That was a look at today's farm news. I'm Corey Canute. Good afternoon and welcome to the Prairie Eggwire for Tuesday, October 12th. I'm Corey Canute. Coming up today, we'll hear from Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. Joining us today is Keystone Agricultural Producers President Bill Campbell. You know, I think everybody's aware of the uh, impact that the drought has had with regards to crop production. And um, we have seen a trend towards... uh, forward pricing and grain contracts for guaranteed delivery uh, at harvest time Um, and and also for cash flow reasons as well. Um, But the drought has really impacted the production level of certain commodities. And so it has has left a, a lot of producers and grain merchants in a very tight position as to, um, you know, how we fulfill these contracts. And so um, it's been, uh, you know, a concern that has been brought forward by uh, uh, both sides of the contract. But uh, Keystone Egg Producers is well aware of the individuality nature of these contracts. And so, um, you know, we hear producers' concerns, but uh, also aware of the situation. Talk about administrative fees or, or I guess, contract penalties, you know, how that kind of plays into it. Well, uh, yeah, there's, you know, every company has different uh, terms within their own contract. And so, um, you know, I think producers need to be aware of those uh, particular terms. Uh, But some of the administration fees are utilized so that there is not an easy exit. Uh, when prices are, um, you know, on the up, upside, uh, so that there's a, a bit of a obligation to fulfill uh, the terms of the contract. Uh, but, um, you know, we had just suggested that the individuals uh, look and communicate and maybe look at some <clears throat> form of dealing with those administration fees and uh, possibly... Um, you know, having that continual relationship with the grain merchant. And so 
this was one area that was explored, um, but that is certainly an individual by individual case as to what what can be be done in, under the contract. I guess just the best thing to do is just to keep that communication open with with the buyers. Yeah, and that's kind of what we had, um, you know, established early on is that the um, the uh, grain producer and the grain uh, terminal be open and transparent and talk to one another so that there can be uh, clarity and, and what, uh, ob- not obligations, but what, what can be done to make sure that there is that continual good relationship because moving forward and next year, we still need to be able to have uh, good, reliable grain transportation and grain purchasing agreements. And so, um, you know, we, we need to have that strong relationship. A crop marketing seminar. You guys are planning something there? Well, I think, uh, you know, as, as um, things have evolved here, that there are alternatives to pricing uh, our crops, um, uh, be them production contracts or pricing contracts. And so uh, one of the things that we're looking at is the ability to have an education seminar for producers to help bring about uh, alternatives uh, so that they can be protected uh, under situations like this. Thoughts on, um, you know, the crop year? Are things pretty much wrapped up now? Or I think that, you know, for the most part, we hear people that are, uh, you know, in, in the more than halfway of their grain, corn harvest. Uh, I think a lot of the silaging has been done. Uh, there may still need to be some sunflowers and uh, uh, dry beans and some of those things. But for the most part, I think we're at the, at the you know, the final stretch of harvest. And, um, you know, I think that there was a, a real blessing with regards to that rain that we got in August. But we've had another dry stretch and harvest has actually gone along really well. Um, you know, there's been no... Uh, weather conditions to complicate uh, the process. And so, um, you know, there are some areas that have certainly been impacted with regards to their yields and and that part of it. And other areas are, you know, speaking of that good average type of uh, production year. But, um, you know, there's a lot of variability, I think, uh, when we look at the province as a whole um, with regards to our crop year. That was Bill Campbell, president of Keystone Agricultural Producers. That's it for the Prairie Eggwire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. I'm Corey Canute. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. The Prairie Eggwire will return tomorrow on the Golden West Farm Network. Time now for a look at the farm calendar. The Canadian Food Grains Bank invites you to a virtual Singing in the Grain concert Saturday, October 16th, starting at 8 p.m. Manitoba Beef Producers District Meetings will start on October 19th. Go to their website for details. Keystone Agricultural Producers Fall Advisory Council Meeting takes place via Zoom October 20th, starting at 9 a.m. Go to the CAP website for details. Today is the deadline to submit resolutions. Egg in Motion presents a post-harvest information session October 20th. Topics include storing grain options, winter equipment decisions, and more. Visit the Egg in Motion website to register. 
And Manitoba Egg X is set for October 27th to the 30th at the Keystone Center in Brandon. Check the Provincial Exhibition of Manitoba website for up-to-date information. Continuing with the Manitoba Farm Journal here on this Tuesday afternoon, the USDA released its October OASDI report this morning. I got the details from John Drieger with Leftfield Commodity Research. One of the things about uh, today's report, uh, I mean, every month, of course, is always of, of, of interest in terms of uh, what USDA shows. But, uh, but one of the things that's always a little more interesting about the October report is that it provides updated figures uh, that includes the recent uh, September 30th report where they provided September 1st stocks and some production updates. And so there's always maybe a few more changes in the October report, and, and that's, uh, that's one of the things that the market anticipates. And, and uh, I guess to make a, make a long story short, uh, USDA uh, increased production in particular for, for corn and, and especially for soybeans, and then also included some larger stocks from, uh, from the September 30th report. And so within that, uh, basically increased the supply of, of those crops. And, and again, in particular, the soybeans is, is what they showed today. So that would be maybe the biggest, biggest feature is, is just, uh, you know, more soybeans out there than the market was anticipating. And, uh, and then also a little bit so for, for corn as well. What kind of reaction did we see on the markets? Yeah, well, as you'd expect, uh, we saw a real heartbreak in, in soybeans here. So uh, as we're chatting, it's about an hour after the report came out, and, and soybeans are off 25 cents. Uh, and already, uh, soybeans have been trading with a bit of a weaker tone coming into into the report over the last couple of weeks as as ideas of uh, yields going up from uh, from expectations in the U.S. And, and again, the, the, the bearish stocks report from a couple of weeks back. And so all of that was already kind of weighing on the market. And so... As, uh, as we got a bit of a negative surprise here today, that's really showing up in the, in the soybeans. Uh, the corn's a little bit heavier. We're off uh, off about five to maybe ten cents, uh, not dramatically so. And again, that's maybe a, a fair reflection of uh, of, uh, of a corn report that was you know maybe a little negative, but but not dramatically so. And so a, a touch a touch weaker, but but not in a significant way. Any other numbers that stood out for you, or? Well, the one uh, the one uh, crop that is is uh, doing relatively better today is is wheat, and so in this case, uh, uh, USDA uh, reduced the uh, the U.S. carryout their projections for this coming year, uh, and kind of in line with expectations. But we continue to see both U.S. and global wheat stocks tighten on these reports, and so we have wheat that's up about uh, you know five to ten cents, depending on which contract you're looking at, which. It was pretty good considering that it, it does have a you know a heavy soybean market and, and the corn's a little weaker as well. So uh, you know the market just just reflecting uh, tighter wheat stocks again in the U.S. and globally. And so really, you know today's uh, t- the price reaction to today's report is is kind of reflecting the, the the numbers that came out. And so wheat is is one that's uh, you know independently friendly here today and, and has been over the last little bit. And uh, again, that's maybe a fair reflection of, uh, of the underlying fundamentals. And I guess just overall, how how is a harvest um, going in the U.S.? Yeah, for the most part, it's been going fairly well. It's uh, you know kind of moving along at let's call it an averageish pace, give or take. Uh, it's been you know probably uneventful is, is maybe the fairest way to put it. Uh, not not kind of seeing any dramatic changes from yields relative to expectations. Uh, nothing sort of jumping out in terms of uh, you know the pace being particularly slow or, or fast or anything like that. It, it just sort of continues to. To, to, to plot along in uh, you know rather undramatic fashion, maybe is the fairest way to put it. That was John Drieger with the Leftfield Commodity Research recapping this morning's USDA October WASDI report. Another look at what's happening in the markets heading into the close is coming up in just a moment. 
Time now for another look at today's farm news. The USDA released its October WASDE report this morning. John Drieger is with Leftfield Commodity Research. USDA increased production in particular for, for corn and, and especially for soybeans, and then also included some larger stocks from, uh, from the September 30th report. And so within that, uh, basically increased the supply of, of those crops. And, and again, in particular, the soybeans is, is what they showed today. So that would be maybe the biggest biggest feature is, is just, uh, you know, more soybeans out there than the market was anticipating. And, uh, and then also a little bit so for, for corn as well. This year's Manitoba Farm Safety Award went to Manitoba Hydro. Graham Schellenberg is Communications and Government Relations Manager for Keystone Agricultural Producers. They've been surveying farmers to understand uh, their perspectives when it comes to working safely around uh, electrical infrastructure and, and the programs that Manitoba Hydro offers for farmers. Their work to ensure that farmers understand the rules and regulations that apply to them, the programs that are available to them, and, and how to drive and operate safely around uh, electrical infrastructure is the big reason for, for giving them this award. CAP's Manitoba Farm Safety Award was announced during the recent Safety's Virtual Gala. And the Manitoba government is investing approximately $1.9 million through the Industry Expansion Program to support skills training for approximately 350 new and existing employees at Maple Leaf Foods. Here's Agriculture Minister Ralph Eichler. Great news story. Timing couldn't be better for us uh, during COVID to try and uh, create new opportunities for workers here in Manitoba. We know that this will make over 1,900 employees just at the, uh, the plant there itself. This is really about protein. It's about pre-cooked bacon. Also making some bacon bits here at this plant expansion as well. And of course, those opportunities to create economic growth here in the province of Manitoba. Maple Leaf Foods has announced that it has completed construction of a $182 million expansion to its Winnipeg prepared meats plant, significantly increasing its bacon production capacity with new in-house capacity for pre-cooked microwavable bacon. I'll be back after this to wrap up today's program. We've come to the end of another Manitoba Farm Journal. I'm your host, Corey Canute. If you have any questions or comments, you can reach us by email, thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. Today's closing numbers with more in-depth commentary on what's happening in the markets is coming up at 10 to 2 on the Markets Farm Program. Coming up on tomorrow's show, we'll get an update on the harvest for the Canadian Food Grains Bank. Thanks for listening and have a great afternoon. Hope you can join us back here tomorrow starting at 12 noon.